0: Welcome to Sons of a Gun, a podcast about the DC universe. I'm Alex Gunn.
2: I'm I'm Justin Gunn, a gun.
0: Yeah, we're both guns, and we related to a guy named Gunn who is our father, who we can't reveal for legal reasons, but we're going to talk about some news about the DC Universe. If you've got tips, stories you want us to cover, you can always email us at comicbookclublive at gmail.com or hit us up on any social network. We would love to hear from you. But we got a bunch of stuff to talk about this week, including news that came out of San Diego Comic Con. Big one that's unrelated, but this came out right before, despite movies, of course, because of the strikes SAG strike, WGA strike, support both of those strikes. Um, but uh, they had no presence at Comic Con, regardless. There was a big article that came out about Aquaman 2 right before revealing a bunch of information about the movie. But the biggest thing that I think people were responding to is it was already spiraling over $200 million. And then, like The Flash, over the course of three regimes at Warner Brothers, they've gone through three rounds of reshoots for the movies. According to the article, there were a lot of bad test audiences. We had already kind of heard rumors about this for a while, but that they weren't getting great scores, and then they reshot stuff in the movie and got even worse test scores, and then reshot more uh-huh. things in the movie. And mind you, there's stuff like they had Michael Keaton as Batman, and then that got out cut out because they didn't know what the future of that is. And then they had Ben Affleck as Batman, and they got that got cut out because he's clearly not going to be Batman going forward. So lots of stuff going on here. I, I don't know if you checked out this report, but I'm curious to hear yeah. your reaction.
2: I mean, it's just ironic that the Aquaman movie is drowning. It's just absolutely bad. underwater in every way possible. and It's like,
0: about to be swimming with the fishes, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. What well, Aquaman normally likes, but in this case, I think it's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's also like, I feel like this movie has a panicked version of senioritis where it's like, hey, we're sort of the last one coming out the door before the shop closes and under new management takes over. So it's like just the fact that it's becoming such an albatross for them is is awful. It's bad. It's very awful.
0: Yeah, it's a bad situation. It's also a surprising situation for For the sake of clarity and not to speak for you, but our, our third podcast host, Pete, loved Aquaman. I think both you yes. and I were like, eh, <laughs> on Did it. Did not like. Did not like it, but it made well over a billion dollars it is the highest i believe the highest grossing dc movie ever something like that yeah. which is wild so they should have been easily set up for doing a sequel knocking it out of the park clearly whatever our two thoughts are people love this movie and the fact that there have been so many stumbles along the way is shocking to me it's it's surprising that it is headed in this direction and like you said you know, we'll see how Blue Beetle does. I'm pretty bullish on. I think this movie, that movie, is going to do better than people expect. Even though it's yeah. not going to like crush it, it's not going to do Barbie numbers or anything like that. But wow. Aquaman two, at this point, it seems like it is headed to be an utter disaster at the end of the year, and it'll only be through some sort of Jason Momoa magic that it actually performs in any particular fashion.
2: Well, and I would argue the first one was um, spent a lot of that Momoa magic uh, there. So, like, this one is that first one was such a messy, classically, overly complex superhero movie that was just, just crushing under the weight of all the set pieces they had to string together with like a plot that I don't think was all that great. But the fact that it was successful, I don't think was a testament to the movie. I think it was the timing. It was right in that – and Momoa, it was in that time when everyone was like, I'll see every superhero movie, and we're past that now, so – I hope – I don't know if the magic will hold for this.
0: Yeah, I don't – I think you're absolutely right about that. Like it hit at the exact perfect moment where everybody would go to everything. Mm-hmm. There has been sub talk. So because – partially because of the strike, the AMTP – AMTP? A-m-p-t-p? A-m-p-t-p. A-m-p-t-p. I forgot a P in there. A-M-P-T-P LePage. They love to pee yeah. and they smell like pee. They are, a lot of the movie studios are mulling over moving some of their big tentpole releases because they're worried that the strikes are going to drag on for a while. They're certainly using this, in my mind, at least partially as a tactic to be like, nope, we got content forever. Strike as long as you want. We'll move Dune 2 to next year. We're all good. They're definitely not all good to me. That reads as panic. But there was, I, I read some talk of like, Moving Aquaman Two to be a temple next year, which is the worst idea. They should put that yeah. movie out right today and then move on whatever it does.
2: well, I think a lot of the moving of the movies is about- pr- promotion, like having the actors mm-hmm. yeah giving out their stumping for the movies i I agree with you, Aquaman is one of those movies that like it is what it is. You know, it's sort of – Jason Momoa, it helps to have him out there, but it really just – it's more about seeing him on screen. So just Mm -hmm. run the shit out of that trailer, eat your vegetables, and put it out, and stop dragging out the end of this uh, lame duck regime that we have here.
0: They just did, according to the report, another four days, I believe, of reshoots, which, mind you, they said from the studio perspective they are very happy with, but this is kind of the same thing they did with The Flash. They just kept shooting and shooting and shooting, and there's a certain point – you're not – if the bones of the movie aren't there, it's just not going to work. So what you do is either scrap it, I guess, is the world we live in, and take the tax breaks or put it out there and, like you're saying, eat your vegetables. And frankly, I think they should do the latter. Move move the date up. <laughs> put it out sooner yeah. so that you can space well, it away from Jason on DC. You can get the stink off of there and then we can move on to the next thing.
2: I mean, there are a couple different kinds of reshoots. There's like internal research reshoots where you're like, ah, this part's not working. Let's cut it and try to find a way to string these two ideas together. Those are really hard to pull off without it coming across, about being obvious in the story. The better version is what they did on uh, World War Z, where they were like, you know what? This big battle we shot and spent a fortune on isn't working as a conclusion. Let's take out this whole chunk and shoot a whole new chunk that will replace it. Because then you can, you're actually... You're actually going there. And that movie helped because it was sort of um, anthologized a little Mm -hmm. bit. So that was easier. But like going big that way and sort of redoing a whole part of the story lets you not look like you blew it and are putting a bandaid on a problem.
0: Uh, We're definitely going to talk about another kind of reshoot thing later on in the podcast. But why don't we move on to a more positive story? This is one that came out of Comic-Con. Jim Lee revealed that the trade collections that are tied into storylines that James Gunn is utilizing, referencing, or et cetera, for his new DCU. He didn't give specific numbers on this, but he said that they have seen double or triple the sales of people picking this up, including the authority, I believe, was out of print and is now back in print just because James Gunn said, hey, we're doing it as a movie. As a comic book fan, that's awesome. I love it
2: well and i think as james gunn or anyone who works at at warner brothers they got to be psyched for this because it means there is still an enthusiastic fan base who will spend money on the the dcu after how they've squandered <laughs> so much of that in the last year of movie releases so That's good for everybody, I think. And what a great way every now superhero movie is going to have the required reading list, I feel like. And it's great because I think it actually helps with the fans and people going into the movies to be like, I see this story. It it energizes the base.
0: Not to slam one person to one company to build up another company, but – DC has been really – and Warner Brothers has been really good about this. I wish they would do this in the theatrical trailers, but at least for the online trailers, they've pretty consistently been having a title card at the end, which is like, like this trailer, here's three books you can pick up to find out more about Blue Beetle or The Flash or whatever – yeah, That may have inspired this movie in some way, which is great, versus Marvel, which is like, hey, you know that scene on TV? There's a QR code behind that dude that you're not caring about. If you scan yeah. the QR code, it'll take you to one free comic, which, cool, mind you, but not the most obvious thing in the entire world. So, I don't know. No, like I and said, not
2: what people do, actually do.
0: Yeah, I always sit there with my phone just in case there's QR codes. Yeah in everything. Not, so yeah. far, every episode of SVU has not had one, but fingers crossed. We'll see.
2: Yeah, they're going to throw one on Mar- Marisha Harkate's cheek. You're, they love it. <laughs> All
0: right. Next one. This may be considered a bit of a spoiler, except for the fact that the official Blue Beetle account put it up on Twitter. So if you don't want a spoiler for Blue Beetle, tune out for the next... Three minutes or so, but we got to see the most recent trailer. There was a big red blue beetle looking dude that was attacking him. Seems to be one of the villains of the movie. They reference in this quick clip that they put on Twitter that the character seems to be called OMAC, which is one man Mm. army corps. I believe is the idea there. Uh, classic DC character seen a lot of different iterations is somewhat tied to blue beetle in the comics, or at least it was tied together in certain ways. Um, Cool. That makes sense to me.
2: <laughs> yeah. Cool. Did it. Um. Th- I've never liked Omac in the comics. Mm-hmm. It always feels like it's not cool. They don't quite. A little underbaked. It feels like let's just do Omac. It's like the Royal Flush Gang being the villain in every like new new series launched at DC. But the one thing that's cool about it, I think, is some iterations have Omac be sort of spread like a virus, mm-hmm. and anyone in the hero's life can become an Omac. So that's cool. That could be a a nice way of – the theme of this Blue Beetle movie feels like he's like, I have these powers. I don't know what I'm doing, but I have to be good at it immediately. To have him be immediately plagued by the people in his life turning on him in a big robot fashion, I think could be fun.
0: Totally agree with that. And also going with the potential theme of like he is a – He's essentially set up, Blue Beetle, as like a villain, right? Like, that's what he's supposed to be, according to the Scarab, but instead he turns it into being a hero, and he's an individual in that way. So to have something that's the opposite there that potentially spreads and infects a lot of people and makes them very samey, that could be cool. We'll see if that happens. Uh, It also ties into another weird DC villain, potentially called Brother Eye, who's this big evil satellite in the eye, uh, in the sky, excuse me. So we'll see if that happens. It could just be... Hey, this is a dude in armor that we called Almac. We'll find out
1: soon enough. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat, picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify?
0: Moving over to the Joker 2, Lady Gaga insisted on being called Lee on the set and wouldn't respond to her own name, according to somebody who worked on the set. I know this is a thing that actors do. To me, I think it's a stupid thing that actors do.
2: Well, I don't know why people do it. I mean, is it... A, are they worried they're going to fall out of character or something? So they demand to be called this. I mean, what's the other name she, we expect to hear called Lady Gaga? Because <laughs> well,
0: Stephanie, <laughs> Stephanie is her actual name.
2: <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It's like, how would you like to be? I'm only answering to Lee. It's like, okay, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it, and I, I assume, don't know I the, assume
0: it's short for Harley Quinn is probably the idea there. Maybe she's called Lee in the movie or something like that. But like, I don't know, man. That's your job. Your job is when they call action, you pretend for a little while and you do that <laughs> like five to ten times in a row. Like I understand needing a moment to get into character and prep for that. But that sort of behavior, I I, I think it's annoying. I think it's an annoying yeah. thing to do. Be a person on set. Talk to the people and don't like be like, no, I'm always Lee.
2: Well, it's like in uh in Lincoln they had to do all these extra like loop to loops to be like, Hey, um come to set the uh the candle box is lit and it's like to be the T V mo- the monitor that they're watching or whatever and to have all this like it's just like yeah, what how much play acting are we doing on this set?
0: Yeah. I don't know. Obviously, we're not method actors. Why don't we turn to a couple of other things? we got two news items here about The Flash as more movie. It's now on digital very quickly. We talked nice. about this, I think, last week. So there's a bunch of deleted scenes and interviews that are happening around that. One, there's a big question about who the Jay Garrick cameo was oh, in The yes. Flash. Everybody was like, Because we about love it.
2: Jay Garrick. Great spinoff opportunity.
0: Well, so the question about it was it looked like in a weird way that it was Teddy Sears who played— played a version of the flash on the tv show the flash and everybody was confused why they're like why wouldn't you just get greg gustin who played the flash or john wesley ship or something like that why get teddy sears the people that even people who watch the cw show need to be like oh yeah he was fast too i remember that it wasn't him and then it was said that oh it was just a random stunt man or something like that um but what actually came out through an interview is it wasn't any of that it was a one of the film's editors when they realized oh to create a fully digital person is going to look bad is what they said so instead, they wanted mm. to have a real face and they said okay who wants to do it and one of the film's editors was like oh me make me jay garrick so that's how that happened
2: that's insane yes that's truly to have especially like I mean, I wouldn't say he's the biggest fan favorite character, but there's a Jay Garrick fan base. Mm -hmm. Like you can hear sometimes in like commercials, an editor will do like a voiceover track and be like, that's, we actually like that. We're going to go with it rather than hiring an actor to do it. But to do this on a named DCU character, it is like, yeah, have the editor do it. Anybody's cousins want to come through and be a
0: Superman or something. Well, not to take this too far or anything, and I know some people like the movie, but to me, this points to the overall sloppiness of how this movie was put together. The fact that, frankly, you have a whole sequence that looks like utter shit anyway, and the CGI characters look terrible. You're digging up Christopher Reeve's corpse to put him on screen. So like, what what are we doing here anyway? (laughs) I'm sorry. And like digital Nicolas Cage, a reference that only people deep in the history of DC lore get in any way anyway so to like at that point how little care is there that they're just like yeah put any like you're saying put any random dude in there instead do teddy sears do greg gustin please just get john wesley ship he'll do he's a great guy he'll do literally anything like at least that's the point here is that we recognize all these random things from the multiverse why have one glaring thing that you focus even a second on that people are like who's that What's going on here that takes you out of the film?
2: Well, I think it goes also to like they must have been so uh, underwater, just like Aquaman Mm -hmm. when it comes to budget. They were like, we are not paying anyone else to be in this movie, (laughs) depending on when in the process they put this together. So it was like, hey, yeah, you want to do it? We'd pay you nothing. Great. Get in there. You're Jay Garrick. Congrats.
0: Yeah. Uh, Here's another thing that I was kind of stunned by when I initially heard about this was angry, and then I watched it, and I got annoyed in a different way, so a deleted scene from the flash was revealed, and Andy Muschietti, who's the director, also talked about the context for this in the scene. This takes place in the plane where they're flying to rescue who they think is Superman, but ultimately turns out to be Supergirl girl uh, that' was superwoman, whichever uh, mm-hmm. sasha kay mm-hmm. uh, they the two. Ezra Miller's, except not Ezra Miller because they use the stuntman who doubles him for him in the scene, are talking about and speculating about Batman. And what comes out over the course of the scene is, whether this is true or not, the world believes that Batman quit because he killed a criminal in front of a kid. And Andy Muschetti confirmed this. This is actually what happened to the continuity of the movie. Batman, Michael Keaton, quit because... He killed somebody in front of a kid, realized that was his origin. That's what the traumatic thing that happened to him. He felt like he couldn't be Batman anymore. And further, the two flashes speculate... Wait, they say this literally like, wait, the reason he probably is so into time travel and knows so much about time travel is because he wanted to try to go back and change this. So the reason he is on this, like this all happens in this one minute scene. The reason he's on this journey (laughs) with us is he wants to right these wrongs and he wants to make amends for this. And I was like, oh, okay. you put his entire motivation and all the explanation for everything that's going on with Batman in a deleted scene that you cut out of the movie. That's crazy.
2: That is crazy in a number of ways Because it is true, like, he, the whole spaghetti analogy It's like, this guy's deep into time travel talk If he's got a food-based, in-the-moment <laughs> analogy for it So the fact that he, the idea that Batman Because, like, he killed, is it a, the a criminal who's that child's parent? Is that the idea? Because killing think, anyone have... in front of a kid Doesn't quite track with the origin of Batman <laughs> Sure. Batman didn't see a a random act. It was his parents that died. So I I don't know. I don't want to get criticized, the criticism too hard, but, but yes, to, to cut out that in a movie that was, you could have cut out something else and put that very important scene back in there.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with you on that. I think the thing that was initially distasteful for me was the idea of Batman ever killing somebody that just doesn't, doesn't track, you know, at all. But you already have that in the movie. At least that explains several things that felt otherwise like huge, weird plot holes that were sticking with me while I was watching it. So, oh well, maybe it'll be a, a The Flash: The Ultimate Cut at some point.
2: <laughs> I don't think so. You know, you don't the think they're going to put
0: money into that. Release. No, the editor's too busy. He can't edit. He has to go B.J. Garrett. Yeah, he's running. He's running everywhere, he's baby. Running. Uh, last but not least, this was another announcement that came out of San Diego Comic-Con in lieu of movies, comics, and animation took over, uh, which is great, I think. And yeah. one of the announcements was we are still going to get these DC direct-to-digital, direct-to-DVD, Blu-ray animated movies, two of the ones that are coming up next year. Are going to be Justice League, Crisis on Infinite Earths, and Watchmen, which now has been, I think, adapted into animation at least two different times. So it was wild to me to hear that. Yeah, I,
2: and I don't know what the take is. Like, what mm-hmm. are what are we doing? Is it just another very faithful adaptation? Like, we've already done we've done that. Because I could get if there was like someone did a Watchmen movie and it wasn't like the comic. Mm-hmm. You're like okay, let's do a faithful one for all the hardcore fans out there. But we got the Zack Snyder Watchman is like right there. Mm-hmm. So what's what's the move here?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is to be frank. My and I, again, I know people like these. I know people enjoy these. But this is one of my issues with a lot of these animated movies: is they're adapting things that are so based in the art and the structure of the comic books. Why does this thing exist other than to continue to bring out the IP or something like that? Like, what is the story we're telling? Why are we doing this differently? The HBO Watchmen show, whatever you think of it, definitely had a take. Like It it had a very strong take and it went for it and it had a reason for being and for the title Watchmen. I guess we'll see. I mean, maybe it will take some sort of different riff. Um, Frankly, in animation, I would rather at this point see them do the before Watchmen stuff, like the little mini-series that they did through DC, than an actual Watchmen adaptation. But I don't know. We'll see what happens.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Because to your point, like, between the Watchmen movie and then the Watchmen TV series, they've done sort of the two poles of, like, Extremely Faithful, An extremely thoughtful, innovative uh, adaptation and pushing the story forward. So this, I feel like, is going to be somewhere in the middle no matter what. Yeah. Um, And it'd be nice if it carved out some new ground.
0: We'll see what happens against like all it, the pirate stuff. It could be. Oh, they, they did that. They did animated tales for the black freighter freighter. So go back and watch that. Got tips, stories you want to discover. Email us at comic book club live at gmail.com. If you'd like to support this podcast and all the podcasts, we do patreon.com com slash comic book club. Also we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We love to chat with you about the DC Universe, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on TikTok, and Instagram, ComicBookClubLive.com. For this podcast and many more, until next time, dad, you got a lot of stuff going on, but you got to figure out the strike shit. Yeah. (laughs)